Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, with my new friend, Vanessa Famagetti of BeyondTheNest.org. Vanessa and her business partner sponsor luxury growth and wellness retreats around the world for travelers, and they're hosting one here this summer. San Miguel is such a magical place that many first-time visitors fall in love and buy a house during their trip. In this episode, we talk about the hot springs at Atantilco, the pink neo-gothic spires at Arcangel, and the artist galleries at Fabrica Aurora. You'll hear about these amazing attractions and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash San Miguel. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Don't you just hate waiting in line for security at the airport? Me too. Even the pre-check lines are slammed most of the time today. That's why I use Clear to skip the lines and get to my flight quicker. For my listeners, I've actually worked out a special deal where you can try Clear for free for two months. This is a limited time offer, so go to wetravelthere.com forward slash clear to sign up today. Hey, Vanessa, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me. Right on. So today we're talking about San Miguel Allende, and I've heard of this town, but I, I really don't know much about it. We've done a couple episodes nearby in Guanajuato and everything else, and so this area just really fascinates me. And so I was really excited when you reached out to talk about the city. Yeah, absolutely. San Miguel de Allende is actually in the state of Guanajuato. So it sits right there nestled in the very center of the country, about two and a half hours north of, um, of Mexico City. Right on. So what's your connection to San Miguel? So San Miguel is a place that is well-known in a lot of travel circles. It has a huge expat community, interestingly enough. And so there are a lot of people that will opt to summer down in San Miguel or a lot of people that make um, trips down there. So I have a friend who visits San Miguel regularly and has a lot of her own friends down there, expats. And when she invited me for my first time, it, it was really evident what it is that's drawing everyone down there. I'm sure that the weather is phenomenal. Like like we talked about, we had the other episode on Guanajuato and the way they described it, it was just amazing all year round. So is that been your experience when you visit? Yeah, definitely. I would say that it really does have like an eternal springtime feel to it. And although it might be hot out when you're on the cobblestone streets and you're walking and you can feel the sun on your back, once you step into a home or a building, they're designed in such a way so that the heat really is kept out and you're left with a very comfortable, livable air inside that's also like free flowing. It's very nice. That's so smart. Uh, I love when they kind of incorporate designs like that where it has that extra function to it. Yeah, absolutely. And then it just creates this effect of every time you walk into a building or a house, it opens up into this central courtyard that's just so unique and vibrant and beautiful. And it's really the center of life for that householder or for that neighborhood. When we think about visiting San Miguel, what time of year should we plan our visit? Like you said, the weather's pretty much a, like that eternal spring throughout the year, but I'm sure there's certain festivals or different events. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about your event that's going on this summer. What are some of the main attractions that people should plan on attending when they visit San Miguel? Yeah, definitely. So there are things that happen every single day in San Miguel that are are really unmissable. I would say the number one thing that you should plan on doing is setting some time aside to walk the cobblestone streets with absolutely nowhere in mind. Just have a camera and an open mind. Make sure to stick to the side of the road. 
but enjoy just the painting. All of the buildings are painted in similar colors. Enjoy the vibrancy. Enjoy the architecture. But if you're looking for events, summertime is really when San Miguel does come to life at its fullest. So in July, on the third Sunday of July, they have one of the biggest festivals. And this is more of a regional festival. It incorporates also Atotonilco, which is a small town, a village, if you will, that's about seven miles northeast of uh, San Miguel de Allende. So the third Sunday in July, they have the Feast of Atotonilco, where people visit from all over Mexico to visit what is referred to as the Sistine Chapel of the Americas. This is really just the Cathedral of Atotonilco, but people come from all over the country, a lot of conchero dancers. So they have these huge plumed headdresses, they dance, there's fireworks. It's also an opportunity when you get to meet food vendors from all over the area offering unique delights like churros and handmade tacos, as well as you get to see the vendors and the artisans that would come from all over the area to take part in this religious festival. That sounds amazing. Personally, anything that includes tacos and churros, I'm there for. But beyond that, just being able to see and experience those like those local traditions is something that's like something, a memory that you'll keep with you forever. Mm-hmm. And San Miguel is also home to, I don't know if you're familiar with the this tradition in in a lot of Mexican culture, but they create these very large paper mache heads and bodies that people will often put on top of themselves or carry along in a parade. Have you seen those? Yeah, I've seen that. I think like different TV shows or like movies. Yeah. So there are a lot of people in San Miguel that actually follow the traditional art form of making those um, those huge headdresses or those huge body outfits. And during the festivals, they come out in full force. So it is absolutely a sight worth seeing. I mean, some of these are eight, nine, 10 feet high, bright paper mache. And what they're really meant to do is just increase the vibrancy. The one thing that I can say about San Miguel is that you are you're not going to run out of color and vibrancy in any corner. You have um, just things popping out at you everywhere. That's fantastic. Are there any other festivals or events that happen throughout the year that you recommend? Yeah, definitely. So if you're looking to come in May, which is a really nice month of the year to visit, I would also recommend um, May 3rd. They have uh, the Dia de Santa Cruz, which is a Catholic tradition holiday. The Dia de Santa Cruz is really special because this is an opportunity where you take workers in construction or home building or people that work hard for the city every day and the community celebrates them. So what you're meant to do is you're meant to put on a party, bring tamales, beer, and put on a good time for the people that work in your community to create San Miguel, which I think is just something absolutely fantastic, a celebration of the people that really put in the hard work. I mean, that's something that you don't see everywhere. That's so awesome because I I think it's one of those things that those people are generally like the unsung heroes, right? They're the ones that make the city work. Absolutely. You know, and function properly. And like if you, a lot of times they they go unappreciated. And so that's awesome. They have a a day to, to make sure that they stand out and get their proper due. Yeah, I, it's really beautiful in that way. It's very, very much a community. The city is filled with non-governmental organizations and nonprofits that are led by both locals to San Miguel as well as transplants and expats. And they do everything from botanical gardening to making sure that there are reading programs for people in need to 
sustainable agriculture and everything in between. So it's a place where you really do feel a beautiful connection between the people that are making the city work and the people that are coming in a lot of times from elsewhere, but also providing a lot of value and not just um, not just sucking up community resources, but really giving back in return. So let's take a step back, if you don't mind. Like you mentioned, the, the San Miguel de Allende is about two and a half hours north of Mexico City. How do we actually get to there? Do we fly into Mexico City or are there other airports that are close by? So yes, you can fly into Mexico City. It's not the closest airport, but for a lot of international travelers from Europe, it will end up being the most cost effective. Otherwise, if you're coming from the U.S., there are two other airports. There's León, which is in Guanajuato. There's also Querétaro Airport, which is about an hour from San Miguel. So though no airports are too, too close. You can get there with about an hour-long ride, and shuttle services are very prominent throughout the city. So you can share that shuttle ride in from either Leon or Querétaro, similarly with Mexico City, but that would require a slightly longer drive, but it's not undoable. Sure. And that's what I was going to ask. Like, okay, so say we fly into one of these airports. What's the best way to get to the city and to get around? Do we just do we rent a car? Do we take a shuttle like you mentioned? Do we take a taxi? What's the best way to get from the airport to the city? And then once we get there, do we need a car or is it just a very walkable city? So I love renting cars when I travel. I think it just gives me like this level of independence and freedom and it makes me feel like a local and I love it. For San Miguel de Allende, I would not recommend renting a car. It's completely unnecessary and um, it would be I would consider it challenging to drive in in, uh, in the actual town of San Miguel. So instead, what I would recommend doing is you can either opt for a private car service from the airport or you can opt for a shared shuttle service. There's one such service called Bahio Go Shuttles. They'll meet you at the airport. You put in your details online and then they're there with a sign waiting for you and they'll take you right to your hotel or your Airbnb. Once you're in the city, I would recommend just using Uber. Conversely, taxis I've found to be very reliable and very honest and very good with working with foreigners. Oh, that's good. You hear different horror stories, right? Where there's obviously sometimes a language barrier uh, and then sometimes you're just like in a city you don't really know much about and people get a little scared if they don't really know what to do or how to get around and or they just they just have that natural fear and it's so unfortunately they have that but it's good to know that the taxis are, are good or something that people are familiar with with Uber is a good way to get around is it walkable too is the city pretty uh small so yeah it's a very walkable town i would say it's probably a mile and a half or two miles by two miles in a, in a square about that big um but it is set on a hillside you can start your adventure or end your adventure at the bottom of the hill, but remember you do have to get back up. So this is totally common and something I absolutely recommend is opt for a hotel that's a little bit higher up on the hill. The Pedregal is a is a fantastic hotel that I stayed at just recently and it sits almost at the top of one of the hills in San Miguel. For one, the view is absolutely fantastic. And then for two, anytime I want to set out and enjoy the city, go shopping, um, look at museums, get in touch with artisans, it's all a downhill walk. So the rest of my day is all downhill or flat. And then to be honest, when I'm done with the day, if I don't feel like climbing back up the hill, I'll just call a quick Uber or a taxi. Well, that sounds like a perfect way to do it. Let's talk about, like you mentioned, uh, the the Pedregal where should we stay? Is there certain areas of town where we maybe we avoid or certain, like, is everything safe? That's a great question. 
from what I've explored, everything is absolutely safe. There are definitely different levels of luxury depending on what you're looking for. And during my travels, I definitely opt for different levels of luxury depending on the purpose of my trip. The most well-renowned hotels in the area and the most um, luxurious would definitely be the Rosewood. That is one of the most famous hotels in the area and something that San Miguel is known for. It's a huge property that also encompasses um, what's called The Restaurant. That's the name of their restaurants. It's The Restaurant. Um, so staying at the Rosewood is a great option. Otherwise, the Pedregal is a hotel that for me was fantastic. The shower was so gorgeous with the skylight that it I had to take a picture of it. And the stay was only 150 a night. Um, but then for my first visit, I was there on a scouting trip. And I decided to just get an Airbnb, really save on costs. I did stay in a less touristed part of town, but I felt very safe. I had great communication with the host and I did not feel unsafe at all. And and I did arrive after midnight on my first visit. Well, that's good to know because I know like we normally stay in hotels, especially like miles and points hotels that we can stay, you know, like a Hilton or something like that. That way we don't have to pay cash for our stays. But I know some families that are, or maybe people are traveling with multiple friends and like they have more people than what a normal hotel fits. And, and so they want like an Airbnb or maybe even they just want a kitchen to be able to save a little bit of money on food and things like that. So it's good to know that some of the Airbnbs are, are also a good option there as well. Oh, yeah. And the Airbnbs and the home rentals, if you want to opt for a home rental, are just out of this world. I've toured some of the most fantastic homes in San Miguel while doing my own scouting. Their architecture and their interior design are absolutely out of this world. Like I mentioned, they do have a pretty standard form for architecture. And what that includes is this beautiful vaulted ceiling made out of um, brick with a fantastic skylight at the top. It's very common in these homes. So you can opt for any amount of luxury that you want in a homestay and you can get as big as you want to get. But some of the hotels do run really fantastic deals. So I understand opting for the hotel as well. Yeah, it's good to have both of those options. And so like I mentioned, a lot of times I travel with points and say it's some of the more major brand names. Do they have any of those there? Yeah. So if you're looking for a bigger brand hotel, then I would definitely recommend um, Casa No Name, which is an IHG property. There's also the Marriott, which has a View Boutique Hotel. That's about four miles out of town, but it really is spectacular if you're looking for something a little bit quieter and much more boutique. And then also the Tapestry Hotel is something that we're really excited about that's coming soon here late 2021 by Hilton. Oh, fantastic. So a lot of choices. Let's talk a little bit about like when we're in town. What are some of the things that, that we would do when we're, when we're visiting San Miguel de Ande? So most people, I think if you wake up and you have absolutely nothing in your mind of what to do, you wake up and you see some of the cathedrals and the churches. And I think that that is a pretty strong draw. So people tend to head straight for these central squares. There are a couple in San Miguel, but the biggest one surrounds actually the Parroquia de San Miguel, Arcangel. And this is a fantastic, huge parish church that is characterized by this gorgeous light pink stone and what are called wedding cake towers. So these just soar over the town. It's about a 10-story building height, if you can imagine. And it really is the home and the heart of San Miguel. So situated all around that are fantastic artisans. 
great little shops, restaurants. The art is out of this world, as is the jewelry and the clothing design. So once you kind of hop around the square and you enjoy that and you have a great lunch, I would recommend walking over to um, the art district. So over in the art area on the side of town, you'll find both the artisan market, which blew me out of this world. It is in four parts. It's all completely local artisan made craftware. And it spans four different huge covered blocks that are separated by stairs. And it's a really, really enchanting walk. As you go, you walk through different styles of art and different decorations that people here in Guanajuato and in San Miguel de Allende hold very close to their heart. Otherwise, there's an entire area of galleries that are called the Fabrica La Aurora. And those have many different artist galleries, all again, local artists that you can pop into and pop out of at will. That area also has a restaurant and a gelateria. So you can spend some time hanging out over in that area. At that point, you'll be kind of low in town. So you'll be at the lower part. If you want to make your way back up the hill, I would recommend visiting the Mirador, which is a great place to stop and take a view over the city. But if you want to stay down at the base of the city and continue exploring, I'd recommend hopping out of town, actually. I'd recommend going just a little bit north and heading to some of the fantastic hot springs that are right next to Atotonilco. And also, I would recommend checking out Atotonilco itself. So although it is a very small village, it is home to the church that really, really draws people from all over the world and which gives San Miguel the UNESCO World Heritage Site recognition that it's known for. Oh, wow. That sounds like such an amazing day, being able to explore everything and and seeing the local artwork and the local culture. And I think also like just the hot springs, being able to relax and chill and and just enjoy yourself. Because sometimes, you know, normal life back here in America or wherever you're from, like you get stuck in that hustle and bustle, right? And very few times where you just like, okay, let me just sit and relax and enjoy myself in this these warm waters. Yeah, absolutely. And San Miguel is a great place to treat yourself too. I mean, there's spas left and right. Masseuses are fantastic. They can be brought to you. Also the wellness activities, yoga and meditation. It's it's really a big hotspot for uh, wellness. Oh, that's, that's good to know. I mean, I know my wife would uh, love to get a massage down there. So you mentioned climbing up in hills and exploring around and everything else like that. you got to be working up quite the appetite. Where are some of your favorite restaurants that we should hit while we're there? Definitely. So my favorite spot, it's a little hidden cafe that's between two doorways, but it will come up in Google. So it's called Inside Cafe. They create a mixture of, gosh, New Zealand, Lebanese, and Mexican food which sounds like a mouthful, but they create the best grilled cheese sandwiches. So they say that it's the best grilled cheese in the world, and I would have to agree, filled with really fantastic farm-to-table fresh food. So inside cafe, get there. They also have the best coffee, the best lattes. If you're looking for a cocktail during happy hour, San Miguel is renowned for the fantastic rooftop cocktail bars that they have. Now, the reason that it's all on the rooftop is that every cocktail bar fights for the most spectacular view of both the church as well as the valley. Um, So it's really kind of fun to pop over from one to another and get a different perspective on the city and enjoy a different drink in each spot. One that I would definitely recommend is called Kinsey, and that's above the 
the restaurant, 1826, which is the San, which is the Rosewood Hotels restaurant. And they have absolutely splendid drinks and an unbeatable view. When you mentioned the Inside Cafe, as far as like New Zealand and Lebanese and, and Mexican food, like that fusion, you threw me off there when you said that the grilled cheese, that was not the food I would have expected from the combination of all those different cultures and <laughs> and flavors and everything. I know, I know. It, it sounds like a lot, but it's <laughs> it's really, really good food. It's just good and um, uses all local ingredients and just has a really, really fun twist to it. Also, it's a great place to meet up with other expats or other travelers if you are looking for a recommendation on what to do that day. Nice. And same thing, like, if we're getting ready to, you know, like you mentioned, exploring, and you pretty much have to plan to be away from your hotel the entire day if you're starting at the top of the hill and going all the way down to the bottom or vice versa, where would we go for breakfast in the morning before we kind of head out and, and start our day? That's a great question. So a lot of the hotels do have their own breakfasts included, either there or at another restaurant. Now, for breakfast... I go to I went to Inside Cafe for breakfast. They have great waffles and french toast and everything like that. If not, I would recommend any number of the main restaurants right around the square, but I would really recommend opting for the chilaquiles. So the city does a fantastic version of chilaquiles, which are called bandera, which just means that they have a green sauce, they have the white cotija cheese, and then they have a red sauce on top. Um, if you're not familiar with chilaquiles, definitely try to order some. They are great. Yeah, my wife loves those because she's Hispanic, actually, and her, her dad's from Mexico. So she loves uh, chilaquiles. Oh, great. Now, maybe you're you're out and you're, it's like a, it's a little bit of a of hot afternoon or maybe just want a little bit of a, something to satisfy your sweet tooth. Where would we go for something sweet? Like, do we eat churros or ice cream? I know in Mexican, a lot of times they, they have like these really amazing ice creams with like real fruit inside and everything else. Yeah, you're definitely right. They have plenty of ice cream and plenty of gelato if that's what you're looking for. But what I would really recommend is a churro. They are famous for their stuffed churros. In fact, one of the top places to get a churro in the world, it's a world famous stuffed churro from San Augustine. They stuff them with sweetened condensed milk. They stuff them with Nutella or peanut butter or strawberry cream, depending on your preference. And it's a really, really fantastic and unique delight. If you're looking for something drinkable, they have an unbeatable hot chocolate. Oh, that sounds like very decadent. Pretty amazing. I'm uh, just so amazed. I've learned so much about San Miguel de Allende. But now it's time for the final countdown, Vanessa. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited... Where should they go and what should they eat? So I would say if you have time for one meal, go and hit dinner at the restaurant or um, the Quince rooftop. They both offer similar menus. They offer an Asian Mexican mix that is absolutely out of this world and their view is not to be beat. So you get everything all in once. What's your favorite uh, meal there? So for dinner at the restaurant, I would definitely recommend checking out two of their newer dishes for now. They have pork and shrimp pot stickers, which are absolutely fantastic. They use a ginger dipping sauce. So that is more along the lines of the Asian side of their meals, as well as a ricotta cavatelli. Now this is a pasta. So this is along the Italian side. And I will say there are a lot of Italian influenced restaurants, but their ricotta cavatelli at the restaurant San Miguel is fantastic. They use uh, roasted balsamic mushrooms. 
and um, a local Parmesan cheese for the topping. So the cheeses here are really excellent as well. Well, you had me at cheese. <laughs> My mouth is drooling just, uh, just imagining it all. So I know you've been uh, down to San Miguel numerous times. What's one of your memorable stories from being there? One of the most memorable things that I had in San Miguel was I was visiting homes for a project. I was scouting homes and we came to Atotonilco, which is this itty bitty place. And we were starving. I'm referring to my boyfriend and I who was helping me scout. And we were starving and someone, this is dusty streets and miles, you look in either direction and don't see much. So we said, is there a spot for lunch anywhere nearby? Not expecting too much, but right up the block, there was an absolutely fantastic spot called Mamma Mia Campestre. And this is an Italian outdoor restaurant that is farm to table. It's exquisitely set up with beautiful twinkling lights in the trees and swings that you can sit by at the tables. They have an outdoor gelateria, again, also making gelato and an on-site brewery that's actually one of the only ones in the area. So when we came upon that, I was just very surprised. I mean, here are sitting 100 people in this enormous, expansive restaurant outdoors, all enjoying the ambiance and the live music. But from a block away, you would have had no idea that so many people were sat so close to you. It really was a hidden gem. And I think it kind of speaks to San Miguel in general, is that when you're walking down the streets, you're going to see a lot of walls on either side. And, and that makes sense. The city has walls. But once you walk inside the doors, there's so much color and vibrance and so much life happening inside um, that it really takes your breath away. I love it. Like the way you describe it, it's almost like, if you're walking in the desert and you're so thirsty and it's like this mirage appears out of nowhere. That's oh, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> you have to try it. It's a great spot. Right on. Well, speaking of happy moments and everything, where's the happiest happy hour in San Miguel? The happiest happy hour. So you can catch happy hour at absolutely any rooftop in San Miguel. Everywhere has a great rooftop. Generally, if they have a restaurant, they have access to a rooftop. I'd say if you find a spot that you like, it's even worth inquiring if they have a rooftop. But if you want to go to one that is a tried and true favorite, aside from Quince, which I did already recommend from the the restaurant, I would recommend La Azotea. And they have beautiful views and an absolutely fantastic cocktail menu. Their take on margaritas are fantastic. They have about six to seven varieties. And their view of the lower valley during sunset is is really, really splendid. Oh, that sounds amazing. Nothing like having a nice drink with uh, incredible views and, and your uh, your spouse next to you. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is I always check out the local pizza. It's a little odd sometimes when I'm traveling internationally and they look at me a little funny when I'm ordering pizza. But uh, <laughs> what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in San Miguel? Okay, so I would say, to be honest, if you're going for pepperoni pizza, you've got to go to Mamma Mia Campestre. This is an enormous Italian restaurant right on the side of town. But otherwise, if you are looking to stay inside the city, then I would recommend popping by the Antigua Trattoria Romana. And that is right in the middle of downtown. They have dine-in, takeout, really, really good, authentic pizza. So you might be surprised because you're in Mexico that you're getting such great Italian food. But San Miguel, like I said, is this hodgepodge of people from all over the world. And their pizza is quite good. So no one's going to give you a funny look for ordering. <laughs> well, that's that's a relief. Right on. I, well, I know that you travel quite extensively. And obviously, you're, you're traveling down to San Miguel for your retreat and all the other different events that you do throughout the world. What's your best travel tip? 
So my best travel tip, I'll do one that's location specific. So I'll do one that's uh, San Miguel specific, and then I'll do one that's just in general. My best San Miguel de Allende tip or California traveler's tip is if you live in Southern California, be it Los Angeles, Orange County, or San Diego, it is often in your best interest to fly out of Tijuana Airport if you're flying to Latin America. Flights from San Diego Airport can be $250 down to San Miguel. And if I just cross the border at the CBX border crossing and fly out of Tijuana, it's $70 for the flight. So my biggest thing is I'm very much a preacher of if you can access a border, check what the flights are across the border. Now, I know that the continental U.S. is an enormous country, so that doesn't work for most of us. <laughs> so that's a very it's a very specific tip. Otherwise, my top travel tip is I hate to waste time by being jet lagged. So what I like to do is for me, booking my flight time is really, really important. I book a flight time that's gonna leave me in location in the morning. So this is really important. I want to land in location in the morning. And it doesn't matter if I've slept on the flight, if I haven't, I let all that go because I kind of put that pressure in my head. You know, you gotta sleep on the flight so you're ready to go tomorrow. Doesn't matter if I show up exhausted. I make it through that day until nine o'clock and then I'm able to close my eyes. So I go maybe into zombie mode a little bit instead of wasting a couple days being jet lagged. I force myself to stay up when I arrive in the morning, go to bed at a normal time, and eight hours later, there you go. Yeah, I think that's great because I normally stay up late, but even if you arrive there early, maybe even if you go to bed like at seven or eight o'clock at night, you know, instead of normally at 10 or 11, you still, like you said, got the experience of that full day instead of wasting it, being, being tired or you're getting to your hotel in the morning and then sleeping until the afternoon, then your clock is all sorts of messed up. Exactly. And then see if you have any other travel to do or if you're coming from a long distance and it's a big time change, you don't want to waste time being jet lagged or napping in the middle of the day when you'd rather be seeing things. So my, my recommendation would be to definitely try to fly in in the morning. All right. On. Well, I totally agree. Well, thank you so much for those awesome tips, Vanessa. I really appreciate that. Can you tell the audience a little about who you are, what you do, and then tell us a little bit about your retreat that's coming up? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the co-founder of Beyond the Nest, and we are a travel company that's built for the post-COVID world. Myself and my co-founder, Mary Fusio, we're cross-generational, so I make up the younger end and Mary is my senior. She and I put together really fantastic growth and wellness retreats around the world that are always community-based. So we have a, a community of about 10 to 12 on every retreat. We focus on one growth or wellness theme. Um, it could be flying the coop or making extra space for yourself or taking your remote life to the next step. And then we incorporate that into really fantastic five-star travel experiences. So in San Miguel de Allende, we're staying at Hacienda Cielo, which is in Atotonilco, it's a nine-bedroom, 13-bathroom property on two acres with a helipad, a glass gym, a rooftop that opens. So in terms of being a post-pandemic company, we're ready for a fully socially distant luxury trip. In September, afterward, we're headed to the Greek Isles. We'll be on Paros. We're spending two weeks there. And these are, again, two retreats, one week. And so we have two weeks back-to-back. -back. You can sign up for both or you can sign up for just one of the themes that might appeal to you most. And then in October or November, we're actually going to Malta and the sister island of Gozo. So we have a lot lined up for this year. Um, and come 2022, we're going to start expanding into tours. So it won't just be one location retreats with a wellness or growth theme. You'll be on a tour moving throughout a region with that same growth theme and that community in mind. 
Those sounds like amazing events, and we'll definitely link link to them in the show notes. That way, no matter when you listen to this episode, you'll be able to see what the what the next events are and, and be able to sign up for them. Beautiful, thank you. Well, Vanessa, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. San Miguel sounds like a wonderful place and definitely a place that I should go and explore. Maybe even bring my kids and, and my wife as well. So it is enchanting. Yes, get there. <laughs> thanks again for sharing all these tips, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure chatting. What a fun conversation with Vanessa. San Miguel sounds like an amazing destination, and I bet that her retreat will be incredible. You can find all the links we talked about at wetravelthere.com forward slash San Miguel. We want to say thank you to Clear for being today's affiliate partner. Clear keeps you moving through airports, stadiums, and more with their exclusive touchless ID verification technology. Take advantage of our special limited time offer where you can try Clear free for two months. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Clear to sign up today. Join us next time as we head to Park City, Utah, this week, my new friend, Lydia Kluge, who is a Google Maps local guide expert. In this episode, Lydia and I talk about skiing at Deer Valley in Park City, the Utah Olympic Park, and hiking the Wasatch Mountains. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.